Tonight, a brand new season of Jeopardy and a brand new host that has no gender, no race, and has never expressed an opinion that could be found retroactively problematic by third-rate journalists. It's a mop with eyes glued on it. Host Mop, debuting tonight on Jeopardy. But first, questionable material with Jack and Brian. You're listening to Questionable Material, a mostly improvised podcast produced in New York by Jack Helmuth and Brian Sack. Dog lottery. Hi, I, I saw your ad and I was wondering, um, I would like to join the lottery. Yeah, um, it's a dog lottery. Now, can only dogs join or is it a lottery and you win a dog? What, what is your whole system here? It's a lottery and you win a dog. Okay. You get a scratch ticket. Okay. Okay. And you scratch off two of the, there's multiple squares. You scratch off two squares and each okay. square is a different dog or it is the same dog. So if you scratch off one square and you get a poodle uh-huh. and then you scratch off the other square and it's a golden retriever, guess what you win? Golden retriever? A golden doodle. Oh my gosh. A hybrid. We, the minute you get that scratch ticket to us, we rush out and we make we mate the two dogs and you get the, the byproduct of that. So I don't know how long the gestation period is for a pregnant pooch, but just let's say nine months later, you would get a uh, golden get a doodle, a golden doodle, a golden doodle. Okay. Um, but, but if you scratched off, say, uh, Australian shepherd yep, and you scratched off Australian shepherd, guess what? Purebred? Purebred. That's the lottery. Okay. Why would you want to go through this step of a lottery if you want a certain type of dog? Just go to a, a rescue organization or a breeder, if that's the way you want to go, and and adopt or buy a dog. Because it's all about adventure and it's all about the dog lottery. Because this way, if your dog doesn't turn out, let's say you didn't want a a Ratsu, which is a Rottweiler and a Shih Tzu. Yep. <laughs> and you have a mutant looking dog and people are like, why did you, where did you get that from? Just say, listen, it's fate. It was the dog lottery. So it sort of covers your bases if you're embarrassed by the product of your dog. Exactly. Now, does everyone who enters the dog lottery get a dog or are there people who really, really lose out and don't get a dog at all? Well, that's how we kind of make our money. Oh, Okay. If one of the squares you uncover is a zero. Yep. Well, what is a schnauzer times zero? Zero. That's right. No schnauzer. So you got to go buy another dog lottery ticket. Exactly. That's the plan. And the dog lottery tickets are not cheap, but that's how we pay for all the dogs that we're mating. (laughs) Yeah. How how much does it take to mate a dog and what is the process of that? Well, uh, to make made a dog, obviously, you've got to get the two dogs. Yep. What do dogs like? They like food. Yep. They like music. Yeah. They like <laughs> I guess so. They like comfy pillars. Yeah. <laughs> and they like Rihanna. 
they do? They do. I, I don't know if you know this, but if you turn on Rihanna and you put a male dog and a female dog in the same room, or, or as we say in the dog business, a bitch and sire. Okay. Uh, if you put them in the same room and you flip on the Rihanna, they will go at it like you've never seen. Wow. Yeah. Tricks James, of the trade. James Taylor, they go to sleep. Huh. Rihanna, they work it. Bob here, Dylan, here, here, they here. just sit there and go, what, they just turn their heads and go, what is that? <laughs> what is he saying? <laughs> but, okay. But do the dogs have to like each other? My goal is that I want the dogs to be in a place of love and okay. working together. And I want the dogs to love one another. I don't want them just engaging in some sexual act that means nothing. <laughs> I want the dogs to really enjoy one another's company mm -hmm. and to really, to love the, the other dog. So it's a long process. Okay. Uh, there are several, we have doggy dates and that okay. progresses until one stays over at the other's dog house. And then there's even a Netflix night. Okay. <laughs> and after Netflix night, if that goes well, then mm -hmm. we feel like we're on the right path and there's potential for the mating. So they're taken to a very nice dinner. Okay. And then one dog's car has an issue. So the dog asks if he can stay over uh -huh. <laughs> and they stay over and magic is made. We flip on the Rihanna, <laughs> the dogs activate and months later, litter. Oh man. And you oh, that's right. That's interesting because I'm only adopting the one dog, but all of a sudden you have maybe a four to eight extra of this type of dog. That's right. That's got to help with your margins. It, it is a factor. And it's why we got the tickets down to $250 each. Oof. Man. I think you could just go down to the ASPCA and pay like a $90 fee. Yeah, they... That's something I I maybe want you to not tell people. <laughs> that, that that's your business plan is me just not spilling the tea on on that. Well, you know, if you think about it, it's still not you know the part of the whole thing is the dog lottery. It's the what it, what is fate going to get me? Yeah, I mean, a lot of gambling addicts out there. Why why do you feel the need to have the dogs date and fall in love? I mean, like I just need them to to get it on. And get me my, my, my dog, because my baby, my I puppy. was, I was traumatized by divorce. Oh my gosh. I'm sorry. And I want the dogs to get along. I want the dogs to have a, a long life together. Right. Well, I mean, you're going to, we're going to rip one of the kids away and give them to me right after it's born. Yeah. Which you'd be surprised. They, they don't seem to care. <laughs> All right. I'll, I'll buy three tickets. Hey, Brian, how are you? Jack, I'm great. I just gave blood. Uh, to, to an organization that wanted blood or did you just give blood to someone who maybe was not wanting it? Yeah, no, I have a reputation, of course, for showering people with my plasma, as you know. Yeah, I know. But uh, in this particular instance, I had made an appointment with the American Red Cross and I went and I, I gave them blood, Jack. You know why? Um, why? Because I want to have my blood coursing through the veins of other people. Oh, what? I, I guess I, I guess that's a, a thing to think about because you love the thought of 
of helping others and, and to maybe give life? No, I just want to know, maybe, you know, maybe they think my thoughts or maybe they, they start getting some of my memories and then it confuses them. People are like, wait a second. I, I don't remember that happening. Okay. So you, you gain nothing out of this. You don't gain any powers. You don't, you don't absorb their life force. You just want to confuse people through the gift of, of life. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. When I've been, I've been giving blood for some time now. And my thought was always like, get it out of your body, get those mm-hmm. th- memories and feelings into other people's heads. And just oh, to, so you to do this instead of them. therapy. It's a, yeah. Cause I don't, I don't need therapy. It's that's too weird sitting in a sofa there talking to some guy. No, uh-huh. I think you take the blood, all the bad stuff goes out of my okay. veins and yep. goes into the people who, who need it. And so, you know, they might be sitting there at a traffic light and, and then suddenly they have this memory of, wait, did I pass out in the hostel naked on the floor in, in 20, 30 years ago? Was that me? And it's like, no, it wasn't you, but you can't make, you don't know anymore. Wow. Okay. Why don't you walk us through what your process was today for giving blood? You make an appointment, you walk in and uh, she took, she said, did you have an appointment? And I just looked at her with this disgusting glance. Like I'm disgusted. Uh I just, I looked at her like I was absolutely disgusted. Yeah. Who is this woman in tight black shorts telling me that I might not have an appointment? She doesn't think I made an appointment. So I just kind of cocked my head Uh and stood there in silence. And then she figured it out, looked down and said, are you Brian? I said, yes, I am. <laughs> so you made her do that work of guessing I just wanted, through your silence. Yeah. Because, you know, I'm there uh, to have a good time and you know she's <laughs> going to question me. So then uh-huh. you go in and you sit down and they call your name and they have to do an interview. Oh my gosh. An interview. There's a little interview. Yeah. And it's, it's basically to make sure your blood is okay to give. So they want to know certain things. Okay. So they, of course, they start off with the usual, what's your name, date of birth. And I always take umbrage at that. Like, sure. You think I'm not old enough to be here? And they're like, no, sir, we need it for record keeping. And, and we move on and they start asking you questions. And, and, but you always like to give like uh, funny names and funny dates of birth and stuff like that. Like what, what are some of the examples of names that you give when you give blood? Ronnie McKilophiliac. <laughs> And they're like, is that, is that a Scottish name? I'm like, yeah, it's a, it's actually an Irish name, Mick Hemophiliac. And it, it means a son of the Hemophiliacs. <laughs> I, I bet they get a, a big long laugh out of that. Well, they usually get up and they go to consult with their manager and then come back. And then we clear it all up when they look at my license. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, I'm glad to get the, the, uh, I'm glad you get the management involved. You know, I like to entertain and I wanted them to have a good time while they're there because I'm there to have a good time. Well, that, you know, I, I think that's a noble uh, pursuit is to, is to want to always be having fun you yourself. And then they ask you questions like, uh, have you ever taken IV drugs? Sure. Or have you ever had sex with a prostitute? Sure. Uh, have you ever had uh, sex with another man? Yeah. And you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you, you get down, you know, to the list. Cause there's so many damn questions. Right. Uh, my favorite is have they, uh, they want to know, uh, have you been out of the country? Yep. I'm like, yeah, of course. I love traveling. Sure. And they say, okay, where, where have you been? And I just, I just look at them 
And I was saying, why don't you guess? And we play a fun little guessing game. God, you're, you're, you have so much fun that you bring to yeah. the American Red Cross. And then after some point, the manager comes back and asks me to kind of expedite things because the line is building up. Sure. And <laughs> then they bring me over to the table and they, they have a little packet that your blood's going to go in. And, you know, if you if you want to, you know, for what they call giggles, uh, you know, if you like poke it with a pin, you know, very discreetly, uh -huh. it's going to kind of sweat blood. Oh, that's funny. But then you lie on the table and they do all this. There's a little ritual where they rub out your arm and they de-germ it and all that stuff. And they take your yep. blood pressure and they do all these things. And then they stick the needle in. And I start screaming, I'll tell you whatever you want. Stop it. Stop it. <laughs> and of course, that gets everybody's attention. I bet. And you start screaming state secrets? Yeah. And I just, I, I'm, I, I know where it is. I know where it is. Please stop. Please stop. This is in here. And then, you know, I get everybody's attention. And I say, no, thank, this is just my show. <laughs> I'm performing for you. I'm getting, I'm giving a, a show for you because I want you to have a good time because I'm here to have a good time. Right. And then lucky for them, I, I bleed really fast. Oh, that's great. Yeah. I, I've, I have noticed that in the past. So, you know, and it's good because if I were ever in combat and I got hit, I think I'd bleed out relatively quickly. Great. I wouldn't even be able to say I'm bleeding out. It'd be like, I'm blue. And I would just, <laughs> I would expire. You'd that's how gone. fast. So I come in there. There are people lying on the tables. Fantasy. People are lying on the tables giving, you know, they're, they're just sitting there checking the, reading the crosswords or the, playing the newspaper. And, and then I come. And I sit down and they poke me with the needle. I'll be, I'll be damned. I'm the, I get up like within minutes. Wow. I'm done. Or at least I think I'm done. And they're like, sir, please come here. Uh, Cause I've, I'm walking around with a big plasma sack. Uh, sure. Just dragging on the floor, which isn't supposed to happen. Obviously that's against the training. Yeah. I would imagine. It's not sanitary and it sweats blood. Yeah, of course. So it creates a little bit of a mess for them. But to me, it's all part of the show. <sighs> That's great. I love that. You know, it's why you have a podcast. You're always just entertaining. And then you get a message. They, they, they'll let you know that your blood's been received at the facility and what hospital it went to. Oh. And so like my, I, my most recent one went to like St. Barnaby's hospital or something in Rochester. Oh, yay. So I hopped in my car and I got up to the hospital in Rochester and I just burst into the ER and I said, who has my blood? Where is it? Uh-huh. And I went through and I saw the bags and I would grab the bags and look at them and they don't really identify it. Right. But you could tell yours. I'm assuming the B positive is mine. Mm -hmm. So I've got a trunk full of it. <laughs> but you only gave, I imagine, one to two bags, but you have a whole trunk full of B positive blood? Because you don't know. I don't know. They don't label it. They, they're not going to give me the courtesy of labeling it. I'm going to take it. Well, but why do you want your blood back? Well. There's a chance I could go into the vampire business. So that you would cater to vampire clientele? Yes. If I okay. discovered that they exist, then I would start a vampire cafe. And you know what vampire I'd call cafe. it? Yeah. Okay. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes. What would you call it? And I would call it fangs. <laughs> and would you instruct all of your um, servers to, you know, after like, completing a transaction say fang you very much fang, yes thanks yeah fang you very much mm -hmm. fang you for your patronage yep man and i hope you enjoy the plasma du jour okay but you never stop entertaining 
you know, it's just in my genes, which are coursing through someone else's veins as we speak. And that's what gives me great joy. It really is a, a powerful thought. And I really hope that somebody somewhere is, is maybe just about, they're about to say their marital vows. Yep. And then they have this memory of, of dropping an armoire off a balcony. Uh-huh. And they're like, did I do that? Was I the jerk who did that? And they just won't know. Wow. Now, I don't, I don't know law like you do, but does having your blood coursing through the veins of, of, a, of a newly married couple, does that give you any sort of squatter's rights on the bride? Uh, you know what? That's, that's something I would need to talk to my team about. Uh-huh. Um, and hopefully they would direct me to some lawyers who might be able to clarify that because that would be fantastic. I, I did want to ask you about about two weeks ago, you came back from your trip to the Sudan with a bunch of male prostitutes on your needle sharing expedition. How did that go? Um, a lot of it's a blur. They have, they have <laughs> very sure. good heroin there. They have very good opium and God knows what else they were injecting into my heavily tracked arms. Um, you know, they are, they are, it's a warm culture. They're very, they're sweet people. They're yep. solid uh, lovers. Um, and, and, you know, uh, and you know, they're, they're very, they're positive in every way. Positive in every way. Every way. That's lovely. Yeah. That see, that's the HIV, hepatitis, every, all the ways, all the ways a person can be positive. Yeah. And I, again, I'm B positive. So my blood does not lie. Mm -hmm. My blood be positive. Your blood be positive. And that's what it's all about. Thank you for this roadmap for, um, for, for blood donation. I, I think it's, I think it's great. Well, I hope in the future you might need some and maybe it'll be mine. I, God, I would, I would not in a million goddamn years. Hey, Brian. Hi, Jack. So you know, listeners of our show will, of course, remember that um, you are a prolific video game developer. I do love to develop video games. It is one of my passions. Uh, everybody's got a passion. Everybody's got a dream. Everybody's got something like, you know, Hunter Biden likes to paint, uh, yep. you know, uh, John Wayne Gacy likes to murder boys and I like to make video games. That's great. It's great that we all have a hobby. It's, it's important to have a passion. I think is what you're saying. Yeah. Passions, you know, without passion, what is life? It's passionless. That's great. And you're as Winston Churchill said, Mm -hmm. A passionless life. Forget about it. Go kill yourself. I remember that speech. That was once the war was over and people were sort of like. He got a lot less eloquent. He really gave <laughs> he up did. on the eloquence. He didn't need to, to play that eloquence game anymore. He was just like, whatever. Yeah. Once he, once he knew he was done with the job, he yeah. really, he really coasted through. So uh, obviously now it's great that you have your passion, but it's also great um, that it has been so uh, profitable for you. You've sold so many video games. Mm -hmm. I know you're under contract with Activision, with Ubisoft, with Electronic Arts. I mean, Bungie. It's, uh, yep. It's great. So I was wondering, I, I was going through a list of some of your upcoming video games on your website. Mm -hmm. And I was wondering if we could just sort of go through some of your titles and, and what the gameplay is like. Yep. You know, any sort of uh, tips and tricks, you know, and, and, and why you created the video game, you know, generally for kids. Absolutely. Great. So uh, the first video game that you have coming out, uh, I think it's this fall, is called Super Cuomo Brothers? Super Cuomo Brothers, yes. Oh, that's exciting. I, I mean, I know what a fan you are of the Cuomo Brothers. Um, so uh, what is the video game looking like? I assume it's in beta testing already if it's coming out this fall. Tell us about it. 
Yeah. So Super Cuomo Brothers, um, you know, the Super Mario Brothers was uh, set in a sewer. Yes, of course. With turtles and all those things. Mm -hmm. Uh, This is set in the, in the governor's mansion. Oh, okay. So the, the, uh, so it's basically. Similar. It's similar. Um, the, and the whole Albany political system is kind of an analogy for, you've got Governor Cuomo and his brother, Chris Cuomo from CNN. Yep. And the premise is that Chris is over there to, to talk to his brother and give him some advice. And there's a very pretty girl who's been kidnapped uh, and is hidden somewhere in the house and they have to find her. Okay. And so Governor Cuomo and Chris Cuomo you know, go off on this adventure around the house and up and down the stairs. And of course they run into obstacles like ethics and things that come at them and they <laughs> jump over them and they smash them out of the way. Um, you know, they, you know, every once in a while they'll get a book deal. It's, it's, it's a really involved game. And the whole yeah. idea is to find the attractive woman who's somewhere in the house. Okay. Who was, who has kidnapped these women? Well, uh, Letitia James kidnapped them, the attorney general of the state of New York. Okay. And she comes and grabs them and cackles and runs off. And then he of course spends the game uh, with his brother searching around. To yep. find him. And he's running into the, all these obstacles, uh, you know, people who are mad at his, his gun laws, um, mm-hmm. you know, old people who, whose ghosts have returned from the nursing facilities that they'd been haunting and they're yep. coming after him and he's running around. And then, you know, at the end, uh, if you play the game correctly, uh, you, they discover the pretty woman in, and oh, where she's great. been hiding. So, and they save the princess. Well, uh, he, the governor takes the princess and uh, mm-hmm. ties her up and puts her safely in bed. <laughs> Wait, he unties her, rescues her, and then ties her up again? Yeah, but it's for her own good. He wants to protect her. He doesn't want that mean attorney general from running in there and stealing her again. Mm-hmm. And the only way you can protect her is with his magic kisses. And every, every kiss he gives her you know, buys her more time, more life. You can huh. see her life score going up. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. That's so strange. And she consents to this? Any other questions? Uh, no, that sounds great. Well, good luck with the game, Brian. Uh, of course, you've heard that um, Governor Cuomo just resigned, right? That is a little hiccup. Um, we were kind of hoping people would forget because you know that that's a huge thing to redesign this game. I mean, it's set in the governor's mansion. It presumes he's Governor Cuomo. All the dialogue's been recorded, and it's all Governor Cuomo, Governor Cuomo. I, I think it's going to require suspension Ooh. of suspension of disbelief as a thing that uh, people are going to have to just um, pretend that he's still their governor. Well, we've we've been living in New York long enough to to be pretty good at that. Yes, the, you normally you're you're not a sporty type of guy not, you know, traditionally masculine in any sort of way, but I see that you have a, a, a game coming out, a basketball game. Yep. Finally, one of the most popular genres of a video game called LeBron James NBA basketball 2021. Yes. Oh, that sounds great. What I I'm, I'm so excited to play LeBron James NBA basketball 2021. Uh, you know, tell us a little bit about, you know, what, what players can do in the game. You can pull down their pants. Oh my gosh. You can give them a noogie. Okay. Um, you can insult them. Oh, wow. And there's a, there's a, just an epithet mode. You can use all sorts of epithets or even not epithets. They could just be the name of the mascot. And, and then you, people just assume you're saying something. Very, yes. Very good. <laughs> well, all right. So you've covered all the epithets that, that yeah. seems like that's going to get into 
some dangerous ground. Well, we have a disclaimer at the beginning of the game. What does the disclaimer say? It just says you may hear a ton of epithets. Because <laughs> that's going to be the first thing people use. Yeah. I mean, they're going to go right to that. that. That's down, down, up, left, right, B. Uh-huh. And that, 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 that's when you uh, do a jump ball and you just scream, uh, you know, against Jews. Yeah. And now a jump ball, that's when you try to stand on the ball and do like a little balancing thing. No, this, see, this concerns me for the, for the play of your game. I can't believe you've got LeBron to license this game. No, a jump ball is when you, a referee tosses it up into the air and and the two guys who are jumping, try to tap it to their teammate to see who gets the ball. Oh, no kidding. Okay. Feels like you should research this before you make the game. I'm more of a creator. I'm more of Mm -hmm. a game designer. Okay. And LeBron, God bless him, doesn't read anything you put in front of him. He just signs it. (laughs) He's just so used to getting tons and tons of money. He just signs it. And here's a check, $10 million. Signs it. Here's a check, $8 million. Uh, Signs it. Here's a check, $350. And um, that that last one is you, right? Yes. But yeah, I mean, clearly if you've seen the new Space Jam movie, he de- definitely doesn't read things before he yeah. <laughs> jumps feet first. Yeah, he will, uh, he'll say yes. Oh, that's great. And were you able to sort of incorporate LeBron's politics into, um, into the game? Because I know p- players love, I know fans and players love having politics into their entertainment and especially their video games. Yeah, well, every time he dunks, the backboard turns into the flag of China. Wow. Yep. That's really cool. That's a very positive message. Yeah. And he, his jersey says Taiwan is part of China. Right. Well, of course it is. Yeah. So, I mean, it, you know, it just, yeah, I just, it, those little touches I wanted to add. That's great. And and anything about um, like defunding the police or anything like that? Uh, well, you'll notice in the game that there's no security. Okay. So as you're playing the game, people will actually wander out into the court and get, you know, you can have the option of bowling them over or shouting epithets at them. <laughs> okay. Whew. Seems like a really um, haphazard game. Yeah. I mean, you, you read the review? Yeah, I did. Okay. I mean, it, w- it wasn't flattering. I will, you know, we're going to counter it. Uh, we're going to fight back. I've got a, starting a sub stack. I'm going to present my point of view. Okay. All right. Well, good, you know, good luck with that. Thank you, Jack. Um, so I want to ask you about another game you've got coming out. One of the, maybe the most popular franchise right now out there is called is call of duty. Yes. Uh, a first person war simulator game. And, um, your edition that you have coming out is called call of duty free college tuition soldier. Yes. That's weird, man. Like uh, it's such a specific thing. A lot of times call of duty games like to sort of focus on a particular war, a, a particular yep. theater. Um, but you, you seem to have taken a, a different approach. Tell us about your video game. Well, so I, I noticed there was a pattern in all these video games is that, mm-hmm. you know, you're immediately in the action, you're running around with your gun, you're bang, 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 you're shooting at the enemy, mm-hmm. you're storming the beaches, you're entering bunkers, you're running into warehouses. And that to me was kind of, okay, that's done. That's boring. Mm-hmm. So what if we, where's the backstory? Where's the, where's the reason you are here? Well, mm-hmm. it's because you wanted to take advantage of the GI Bill. Yeah. So now you are in college and the game starts mm-hmm. off and you're in college and you're getting a degree and it could be, you get to choose your degree, humanities okay. or whatever you want. And, um, and, the, and basically the, the war stuff is basically just flashbacks. 
Oh, geez, cutscenes? Yes. Well, you'll be sitting there. To, you know, your professor will be lecturing, and then suddenly you will have a flashback to the time you were in the jungle, and the guy popped out of the tunnel and took out your friend Wally. <laughs> and you'll hear Wally, and then you're back in the classroom, and you're learning about gender studies. <laughs> How does that affect your character in the gender studies class uh, on the, the Wally um, uh, memory? Well, you see what happens is during these flashbacks, you, meet, you miss key points that the professor is talking about. And then the test comes and that's where the challenge is. You have to fill in the gaps and, and give the professor the answers you know, that you think are right with, with not having all the knowledge because you've been having flashbacks. That's really good. Thank you. Boy, that's great. Um, yeah. And any other sort of details just in terms of like, um, you know, the day-to-day minutia of college uh, with a person with PTSD? Yeah. Well, I mean, you've got, you know, you go into the mess hall mm-hmm. or maybe they don't call it the mess hall in college. They call it the cafeteria. <laughs> yeah, I imagine. You go into the cafeteria and there's a line there and you, and you go to gather your food and then you're standing in this line. And then you have your flashback to boot camp where you become best friends with Wally. <laughs> and then next thing you know, he's just standing there and holding his tray and people are behind him like, dude, 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 dude. And then he has to run uh, to class to take a test. Man. And th- does he ever snap? He tries really hard not to. And that's part of the challenge of the game. Oh, okay. Um, but basically. If you, um, if you find yourself beating up the president of the school, then you've lost. <laughs> okay. So it's kind of, it's, you, you want to avoid the, the big monster at the end. Okay. I get, I, okay. That's a different approach to a video game. I like it. And do you have uh, any sort of like romantic relationships or entanglements in the game? You know, um, there are the girls always cut you know they, there are a few scenes where he meets the girls and i kind of rigged it so that no matter what he does mm-hmm. there's no right answer the girl always kind of raises an eyebrow and winds up leaving the date oh, man <laughs> seems like you really want to hurt this guy i just i want it i want it to be realistic um and then you know she he does meet one girl and then he falls head over heels for her and she finally uh, admits to him that she hasn't um, been with someone for a long time. Okay. Because the, the last person she was with was her fiance, Wally. <laughs> <laughs> and then as the gamer, you have to decide whether to sleep with Wally's, Wally's ex? Um, no, I mean, you can't, there's no, all the buttons actually stop working. <laughs> Wally. Boy. It's a fun game. Well, I think again, you're gonna like it. Yeah, it sounds like a lot of fun. Stocking um, stuffer, stocking stuffer coming up in the fall. Okay, great. Well, we'll we'll all look for that. That sounds it sounds like a chore. Um uh here's one. You're gonna get in trouble for this. I, I can't believe you, Brian Sack, would make this video game, but it's called Fortnite for Girls. Yes. Why first of all, plenty of girls play Fortnite. My son has a friend who uh is a girl who he plays Fortnite with all the time and she's better at it than he is. So what, what does it, this, what does this mean? Fortnite for girls? Well, uh, you know, to me, Fortnite is a very masculine game. There's a ton of violence and that to me is just not a girl thing. Yeah. So, okay. 
I thought I would adapt it for a more, you know, XX chromosome audience. Okay. And so what I did was I, I took out the weapons because let's be honest, my wife doesn't like guns. And if my wife doesn't like guns, no women do. I guess. Does your wife like guns? Uh, no, not really. So spatulas. No, she's not a fan. So spatulas. Yeah. I mean, I'm not sure it's one or the other, but I, she would prefer a spatula over a gun. There you go. Okay. I rest my case. So you, you spawn, you've got your spatulas, you've got ladles, you've got a vacuum cleaner. You have a, 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 uh-huh, go ahead. Sorry. A baby bugaboo, uh stroller. You know, you have all the accoutrement that mm-hmm. I know uh, women are about. There's a couple of things of oil of Olay and, you know, you can do, <laughs> you know, and you can take those, you can throw them. You can just, you can vacuum, you can make something, whip something up for a friend and, and you get together and you, you run and you talk with your friends. So you might mm-hmm. join a little group of friends and talk and just, and just talk and talk and talk and talk. Yep. <laughs> so you know, instead of trying to be the last survivor on the island, you just all get together and, and you gab the you gab g- fest. You gab, you drink a fairly cheap rosé that's a little too sweet. <laughs> and, and you just, and you gossip and, and you complain about your husband. Oh man. So do you, do you defeat the other players uh, in the game through, through shame and through, um, you know, like fat shaming or something? No, through divorce. So what happens is uh, you divorce, the judge sides with you automatically. Right. You get full custody and half of the husband's income. That's messed up, man. But as, as someone whose wife makes more than he does, I feel that the whole thing seems very confusing. Yeah. Well, um, I hadn't anticipated that. And I can't believe you're dropping this on me right now. <laughs> well, don't pattern the game after me. Well, now I'm a little concerned because that I didn't know that was possible. Yeah, man. You, w- women are out there working nowadays. I've been I've been working on this game. So I mean, I'll be honest. My grandfather was the one who came up with the idea. I've been working on this game for a long time, and now you're telling me things have changed. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know why your grandpa dragged his feet, man. Let me ask you this. Okay. Um, I have a voting booth that has a force field around it that the women can't penetrate. Are you telling me that's changed? Yeah, for, yeah, for sure. You're going to get letters or, you know, you're going to get canceled. But they at least have to pay for their menstrual supplies, don't they? (laughs) Yeah. Yes. Thank God. Don't worry. The government's not giving that away. They got to go pay. All right. Is that a part of the game? Oh yeah. I thought everything. <laughs> so they're on a mission and then it's just like, whoa, oh, yeah. Gotta step into Rite Aid. Yeah. You can, you get the sense it's coming cause she gets a little bit, you know, cranky. Jesus. God. She, she kind of snaps on you very quickly. And then you're like, wait a second, what have I done? And then you're like, oh. <sighs> oh God. This, this is just not right. I, I was, it, I've been working on this for a long time. I, I know you have, buddy. I'm I'm sorry. You, we should probably uh, offline the rest of this conversation. Fair enough. Fortnite for girls. Fortnite for girls. Okay. Well, uh, you know, um, Brian, thank you. Uh, good luck, I guess, with your uh, video games. Thank um, you. You're welcome. You don't need luck when you have talent, Jack. Yeah. Okay. Jack. Yes, Brian. There's money in obituaries, Jack. 
Yes, I, I you you've mentioned this in the past. Why do you why do you explain to listeners what what you're talking about? What I'm saying is is uh, you know people die and it's very sad, and their loved ones want to celebrate their memory, so they pay podcasters to read obituaries. So that right, the, sort the, of the modern day of, of posting it in the newspaper. That's right. It, po- newspapers are all dead. Uh, nobody yeah. reads them anymore. It's all podcasts and yeah. obituaries have gone to the podcast and, and you can make really good money reading obituaries on here. And uh, they uh, sent me a few obituaries that they would like you to read in the hopes that you can get through one with the gravitas that it deserves and, and celebrate the life of these individuals who've passed recently. Well, of course I want to do, I mean, you know, the money is is obviously very important to me. Money comes first in all things. But I also, secondarily, I, I want to honor these people who have passed. I want to give, I want to, like you said, celebrate their life with, um, you know, some good positive energy. But also I want to have that gravitas because I know that these families are suffering a great loss. Gravitastic. Then I just sent you the script. Okay. Which isn't a script. script. It's an it's an audition, right. Jack. I have scripts on the brain. I sent you. Right. I sent you the. Um, and it's not an audition. I just said audition. I have auditions and scripts on the brain. I sent you the obituary. I just sent you the obituary. Mm-hmm. Okay. I've just opened it. Let me just give it a quick read. Can't so you, obituaries. When somebody's grieving, you need to to make them feel better right away. So just get the obituary out there in the open. There's no real reason to read it. Okay. I mean, if that's going to help their suffering. It does help alleviate the suffering. Okay. uh, I'm ready to go. Please take her away. Okay. Todd J. Lee, 53 of Parker Heights, Texas, passed away July 26th. He was born March 7th, 1968 in Evansville, Indiana, to Bob J. Lee and Agatha Denton. He graduated from Sylvester Stallone High School in 1986 and joined the United States Army, retiring after 25 years of service. While in the Army, Todd was honored to have come up with the name Operation Desert Storm for the 1991 expulsion of Iraqi forces from Kuwait. His subsequent naming attempts were not as successful, but Operation Blow Up That White Toyota with a Drone and Operation Let's Just Stay Here for Two Decades (laughs) did get honorable mention at the annual Operation Naming Awards. Todd was a loving father to his daughter, Katie, and always said that she was the result of his greatest undertaking of all, which he called Operation Wife Hump. (laughs) Todd doted on Katie. Whenever he traveled, he would take Katie's favorite doll, Fred the Flamingo, with him and text her a picture of Fred on the trip. Katie will always have the photo memories of her dad and Fred the Flamingo visiting the Eiffel Tower in Paris, London Bridge, the Hollywood sign in California, Red Square in Moscow, and, if the phone is ever found, possibly Fred the Flamingo visiting the Amazon. It was there that the Lord chose to summon Todd by having his body penetrated by a dozen substantially produced arrows, painstakingly crafted by the carbon-neutral indigenous Brazilian tribe that mistakenly blamed Todd for recent deforestation. Until now, Todd was called the luckiest Jay Lee because everyone in his family preceded him in death. His wife, mother, father, two sisters, five brothers, and his best friend Bar- Barnaby w- Wanker, whose suicide was due to bullying. He was so lucky at not dying that at the end of his life, Todd had no one aside from Katie, and she is now utterly alone. So sad! A GoFundMe will be thrown together to raise money for Katie, which she may or may not get. <laughs> <laughs> Who wrote that for for Katie? I don't know. Maybe Katie wrote it. I don't know. I don't. I just get. Yes. They just send them to me, and they say, "Would you please have Jack read for this?" Oh man. Well, it's, it's sad. I feel bad for that guy. 
substantially, yeah. but you, they weren't, it wasn't sustainable arrows. It was su- substantial. Huh. Oh, okay. That's yeah. what happens when Sorry, you don't pre-read something. It's mistakes. Well, I'm not allowed to read ahead of time. Okay. It's okay. There's another I, look, obituary I, we can read. Look, I, I, I do respect his, op, his work in Operation Wife Hump, which is, uh, you know, a mission I've been trying to, to, you know, run for the last 10 years, mostly very unsuccessfully. Well, yeah, I mean, the mission accomplished banner was waived many years ago. And so you're done. <laughs> I sure am. Uh, okay. Um, I'm ready for uh, the next one. Okay. I just sent it to you. You should have it. Okay. Honor the my, memory. My apologies to the Gravitas. Line. Okay. Honor the memory. Here we go. Gravitas. Jody Kearns, age 54, of Ridgeboro, North Carolina, passed away peacefully August 4th at his home with his faithful German shepherds, Chief Wiggum and Mr. Bixby, by his side. Jody was born on October 8th, 1966, to the late Charles Kearns and Sybil Odell in Gainesville, Georgia. His parents were ahead of their time, and upon seeing that they had a beautiful and healthy baby boy, they named him Jody, a girl's name, just in case he ever suffered from gender dysphoria. Jody was a phenomenally skilled woodworker, specializing in building craftsman furniture. Craftsman being the name of the style, and not the crappy tool brand from Sears. Jody loved the outdoors more than anything, which is ultimately why his wife Carlotta left him. He loved to go for long hikes in the woods, sometimes deliberately getting lost in order to teach himself how to find his way home. During one three-week stint lost in the woods, Jody became acquainted with all the best hunting and fishing sports, making him Ridgeboro's go-to man if you were looking for a guide. His work as a guide earned him many great compliments, such as, Wow, you sure know where the fish are, and Wow, you sure know where the deer are. Jody's true passion was the uh, was the rescuing of dogs, and his lifelong dream was to raise enough money to build an animal shelter so that he could help man's best friend find their forever homes. And that's why it's kind of messed up that Chief Wiggum and Mr. Bixby ate his face after he died. Jody is survived by two face-having sisters. <laughs> Dinah Van Welt of Tybee, Florida, and Daria Rubin of Atlanta, Georgia, and many nieces and nephews who all have faces. <laughs> His beloved Chief Wiggum and Mr. Bixby need a forever home. Just know that if you're lying dead on the kitchen floor, there's a chance they will eat your face. No services are scheduled, but if anyone wants to continue Jody's dream of building a dog shelter, there's a pile of two-by-fours and some chicken wire behind the garage. <laughs> it's a terrible, uh, terrible fate befell a dog-loving man. Uh, it's a it's a terrible story. I'm sad that we are reading this on a on a podcast that's meant to make people happy. Yeah, well, I mean, it happens. Death is a fact of life, Jack. It really is. It's weird that they would need to make the craftsman comment about Sears in an obituary. Yeah, like, you know, why? not the best quality tools. Oh, yeah, I know, but that's sort of not my point. But okay, fine. I sent um, you. A I, I assume we have another. Yep, I sent it to you, and and we've got a chance to make some money. Okay. Gravitas. Gravitas. This one's for all the money. Tell me when to go. You take it away. Nika Morris died very unexpectedly Thursday after a brief struggle with law enforcement. She was 31. Nika attended Kingfield High School for several months, preparing her for a career carrying packages for Douglas Lucky D. Harrison. Anyone, or just a quick glance, would tell you that Nika loved nothing more than to eat caloric foods while seated in an automobile owned by a guy with six outstanding drug warrants. She absolutely adored passing the time by smoking cigarettes in the drive-thru line. She was an avid collector of misdemeanors as well as a few felonies, 
because just as with caloric, low-nutrition foods, her craving for petty larceny and possession of forged instruments was limitless. Wherever she went, she left a big impression on the sofa, a stained mattress, or the driver's seat of a 2017 Camaro owned by a guy with six warrants. Her mom said to know Nika was to love her, unless you were a police officer discovering that she was driving with no license and in possession of a Class A narcotic and an illegal firearm. At moments like that, Nika's life suddenly had purpose, and she would not only develop the inner strength to resist the electrical charge from your taser, but she would devote herself to trying to relocate several rounds from her illegally obtained pistol into your chest. Aww. Had she spent more time training with her firearm, she would be uh, with us today, alive and incarcerated. But she was immediately peppered with several rounds from Officer Lake's service pistol. She's now in heaven, eating with the angels. A celebration of her life will be held Friday for some reason. <laughs> I, I didn't gravitas, sir. No, no, no offense. To, I mean, just the way that was worded. A celebration of her life will be held Friday for some reason. That's not. I'm not going to get blamed for that, am I? No, you were just reading the writing, but unfortunately you, you didn't give it the gravitas it needed. It really needed to be, you know, I would have done like a celebration of her life will be held Thursday for some reason. You know, just Siri gravitas. It's sad. Yeah. I know it's sad. All right. Well, you know, well, it's fine. It's fine. They, it, these offers come and we'll eventually, you will snatch one. You will, you will give it the gravitas. And How they, about you read one? Uh, they they kind of prefer you. They want your voice. They always say that I sound too professional, polished. They want like the everyman voice, and uh, mm -hmm. th that's that's you know not something I can do. Right, right. You're too too much of a good broadcaster. Right. See, that was an Irish accent. That's really good. You have a lot of talent. Is that your SNL audition? Yeah. Is it, is it Lauren watching? I assume he is. Um, all right. Well, I guess well, re review us and all that and stuff. Yep. Thank you yep. for the, well, e the um, emails are nice. Thank you. Yeah, we get, we get a lot of nice emails. Um, well, again, apologies to all the families who I've, um, who I've hurt today. That's okay. You're forgiven. Okay. At least by me. That's all I really care about. That was Questionable Material with Jack and Brian. Subscribe on any podcast platform. Watch our video clips on YouTube. Visit us at qmpodcast.com.